eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton Post Game Show with Al and Jerry. All right, as we wrap up our Wednesday following the Boomer and Carton Show, or is today Thursday? What is today? Today's Thursday. I have not slept yet since Tuesday night, so yeah, I'm, a I'm lost right now. Well, I mean, it's because of I got home late last night because of a Little League playoff game, and then I was kind of wound up, and I'm staring at the ceiling. I've oh, let's put baseball tonight on. I'm watching baseball. I turn it off. I'm thinking about too many things. I got a softball game tomorrow, and I, oh, my God, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, I ain't getting up at 2.30. I reset the alarm to 3.30. I think I fell asleep at 2.45. I mean, it's just... You know you got to do? I'm it. tired, man. What our uh, guest Russell Simmons suggested. Start meditating, Jerry. I By the way... Get yourself a mantra. There's a couple things I'm going to try. Yes. I'm going to try this P, uh, Pio, which I told you about yesterday, the Pilates and yoga. I would like to try that. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to do it in my house. And I am going to try this meditation nonsense that you talked about. Yes. That you liked, that you did. I am going to give this a try in the next couple of weeks because I can't keep doing... I, I physically can't do this anymore. Right. Now, how much sleep am I going to get tonight? Nothing. Nothing. By the time I get back from Canada from the softball game, I might get two it hours is, sleep. It is uh, north. I mean, God almighty. Yes. Anyway, enough bitching and complaining because no one wants to hear it. I like But that's it. why I didn't know today was Thursday and it's Wednesday. Oh, I forgot to pay the meter on my car, too. I parked in an illegal. Ugh. I parked in one of those left-hand side spots on uh, the street that starts with a K that are no yes, good. Right. From 10, 9 to 10.30? Yeah. I rolled the dice today. You rolled the dice. Well, right now I'm rolling the dice because my meter's been up for 15 minutes and oh. I forgot. All right. Mm. Uh, let's get the podcast started. What oh, do you hi, say? Jerry. Hey, what's happening? Uh, Ron Darling. Yes. We mentioned this briefly. I played one of his clips this morning, and he did the play-by-play last night on SNY. Now, we knew this was coming. Because obviously Kevin Burkhardt's gone in L.A. for greener pastures, and uh, you know Steve Gelbs ain't doing it. They just hired the guy to f- take over for Kevin. So Darling did some games in the spring, and last night was his first regular season game. Now I'm going to say this: doing play by play, doing play by play, color which he normally does. Correct, with Keith being the analyst, Ron the analyst being the play by play man. Tough, very difficult. I thought the pregame, some of the segments I saw were horrendous. I thought some of the play by play was good. It takes time. I mean, I, I've been there. I've done that. 
it is not an easy thing to do. Much like being a talk show host at WFAN, it seems easy when you're listening to people who are very good at it. And uh, Gary Cohen is very good at play-by-play, so he's a very smooth talker. You don't realize till Ron Darling was trying to do the the intro sponsors and all that right. stuff that it's not easy to be a smooth broadcaster when you're essentially trying to read something. And like that's that. and that's the point I'm making with when I say the pregame. I mean, some of those pieces were tough to listen to, but the game itself, he'll get better. It wasn't awful. Wasn't his best. He'll get better. Like Ken Singleton, to me, is a really good analyst and a really good play-by-play guy when you watch him do Yankee games. And I think Ron is going to be just as good as that, if not better. Uh, We've seen him as an analyst. He's as good as anybody. I don't see why he won't be really good doing this, too. But it's going to take time. I'm I'm telling you, I told you my first game doing Columbia Radio was an atrocity. I mean, the I'll give you one quick one. First football game I ever do was uh, on TV was in 2007, I think. And it was actually on Channel 11. And it was live, which is a problem <laughs> by itself. But um, had no information. You're talking 100 kids or 150 kids, 75 on each roster. I didn't know anybody. As much as I prepared, it was only much, so much I could do. I didn't get the roster until three days before. So they give you a spotter, which I'm not used to working with. Well, on one play, the spotter points down to number 27, let's say, interception. I call it. I nail the call. Kid gets in the end zone, call it again, you know, kind of repeat it, put the stamp on it, right? I look over, and the spotter's waving his arms. I'm like, I'm looking at him like, what? He had the flip card on the wrong side. He flips it over. I was calling the running back on the New Jersey team with the interception for the touchdown when it was the safety on the New York team that actually picked it off and went back. It's hard, man. It's all different. Right. So it is not easy to do. No, it's not easy. And then they go on a break and f- 30 seconds, like 30 seconds, I got nothing to say. Right. Well, you better fill some time. Talk about that tree in the, uh, in the distance we're going to focus it on. Excuse me? Talk about what? Very difficult to do. And Darling will have five of these games in a row. Oh, no question. He's doing. Yeah, and he's, he's going to be fine at it. And you'll be good. Get Gary a little time off when he needs it. Jerry, uh, yesterday I went uh, walking to for exercise purposes. <laughs> like that's exercise. I mm-hmm. de- Right, you're right. I felt like I'm I did kidding. something, though. It is something. So I was it's doing fine. my walk in the Basking Ridge area of New Jersey where I live. And uh, while I was walking on this walking path, it's a walking path in a wooded area that's also a suburban area. There's there's homes there, but these bougie homes in Basking Ridge, uh, they have a long front lawn. Sure. So whatever. It, it, it's a path for walkers, bikers, joggers. You and your wealthy friends? Well, I live in a condo. I'm not a, I don't have a wealthy place. But right. While I was walking, a large dog, a boxer, looked okay. like a, a pure breed boxer. Beautiful dog. Came running out of nowhere. And here I am on this path, and I don't know what, what is going on. And we had an audio recorder there, and this is what it sounded like. <laughs> no, you're never supposed to show the dog you're nervous. I watched Dog Whisper. The thing that concerned me as the dog was running up towards me was that the dog had its balls. He, the dog still had testicles, which I hate on a dog. I hate when I see a dog with testicles. Well, don't they all, all no. male dogs? No, have... because, no. when your dog gets fixed, they take them they out. They take the testicles off, which means they're less aggressive. So when I see a dog coming at me with testicles, I get wor- more worried than normal. The yeah, last thing you want are those balls in your face. So the, Exactly, Jerry. So this dog essentially charged me. He was coming up from behind me. I heard the noise, and I look, and I see this boxer just gunning for me right and i don't know what to do (laughs) so as soon as he got up to me he stopped and then walked slowly behind me the whole maybe a foot behind me the whole time 
He kept walking behind me, not aggressive at all. And then he would stop to smell the grass, and I would get, you know, 30, 40 yards ahead of him. And then he would, I'd hear him bolt at me again. (laughs) And I just thought this dog's going to attack me at some point. Did you soil yourself? No. Because, like I said, every time he came up to me, he just wanted to walk behind me. And he was very calm, but I didn't like that he had his testicles. And you're not even knowing that dogs with testicles I just are thought, more aggressive. I just thought every male dog had testicles. No, you know who who uh, pit bull owners always keep the testicles on the dog. Well, you and always. These pit bulls. Oh my goodness! <laughs> what I would you have done if it was a pit bull? I, that, I, I, I thought of that when I was home. When I got home afterwards, Did you start with your taser gun now. <laughs> I, I probably would have run into the street, the busy stri- a busy street, Help! right? Thinking that. Maybe the dog, like a Frogger game, wouldn't I would make it. And the dog, yeah, I was nervous. Are you giving these dogs a lot of credit for thinking? Yeah. So uh, chop the balls off your dog. So what are you going to do? I don't understand how you're going to alleviate this problem because it still could come. Are you going to walk around with a bat? Maybe no, because I, I kind of I've never encountered a loose dog. Did it have a collar? It did have a collar. So, so it was ball, someone's dog. And it didn't occur to you at any point to try and make nice with the dog so you could bring it home. To look at its collar? Yeah. No, because I thought, this dog is following behind me, but we haven't had any physical interaction. I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> what if I go to pet it? This is what I always worry about. I'm up, Listen, I'm paranoid about every single thing in my life. My paranoia is this, always with strange dogs. I start to pet the dog. Maybe this dog had an operation on its chin. Now I touch the chin. It freaks out and takes my arm off. You're not wrong. You know, I'm paranoid. Now, though. a boxer happens to be a very nice dog, no, I see, very I thought well boxer, mild dog. Oh, I, I thought the opposite. I don't think so. I thought boxers were like a very excitable dog. I had excitable, yes, but so were Not beagles. aggressive, though. Not aggressive. Oh. I had two friends that had boxers and like had a couple of them. They swore by the nature of the dog. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm talking just from experience. Maybe the the nature of a boxer is not good. I, I always understood it to be very soft, excitable, but not aggressive. Oh, yeah. He was not aggressive, this dog. No, this one seemed like he I should have. Oh, that would have been awesome if I would have checked his collar and taken him home. You would have been, been a, a hero. hero. They would have been like, oh, we just let him out. He like, goes out. What happened own. to that dog? Right. Like, did it, when did it stop following you? Um, well, at one point, it just kept smelling the grass, and I got so far ahead of it. That it never he, caught he back didn't up ca- Unless he was just like, you know what? That guy, boring. Um, right, exactly. <laughs> go scare someone else on this path. So, uh, yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, the other night. We had an NBA championship won by the Golden State Warriors, and it came out later thereafter that Harrison Barnes uh, was going to— He is a player on the Warriors, yes, uh, that he was going to celebrate, and he was going to have himself some champagne or whatever they had in the locker room, which is not curious or weird. What was interesting, though, is that it was the first time he's ever had alcohol in his life. Now, Harrison Barnes is not 35, but he's also not 21 either. He's a couple years older, and— I think most 17, 18-year-olds have had drinks of alcohol, let alone some 15- and 16-year-olds. I know you were drunk at 14. That's not true. Um, But, yeah, how about this? He's gone, let's just say he was only 22 in the NBA. And I know he's older than that, but how about the fact this guy is an NBA player and has never had a sip of alcohol? Yeah, I was 22 when I had my first sip of alcohol. What about your 21st birthday? I did not have drinks. Well, what were you doing? I went to uh, Rascals Comedy Club in West Orange, and I did and didn't not, get a drink. I there? didn't get a drink there. Why? No. I don't know. I just remember thinking back then. My theory on alcohol was: why would I not? Why would I want to drink something that's going to make me uh, less one hundred percent there? Have you ever seen a psychiatrist? Uh, no, Jerry. Wink, wink. You have. <laughs> well, I tell you. 
For such a normal guy, you're, yeah. you're so strange. Like people used to say, oh, drink this one. It tastes like Kool-Aid. I go, well, if it tastes like Kool-Aid, why don't I just have Kool-Aid? Like why would I want to drink something wherein I'm, I'm in a different state of mind? So your first time you must have had beer, you must have been like, why do people drink this? No, the first time I had a beer, I was I was in graduate school in Indiana. Stop it. Yeah, and I had a beer, and I was like, oh, listen, I'm more relaxed around people. Yes, this is nice. And that's when you started drinking vodka. Uh, no, vodka came much later on. In, in, that in is that. remarkable yeah. to me that you went your whole first year. Like, you love going to sports bars and watching games. Right. You're going to get... tell me the whole year you were 21, you never went to a sports bar to watch a game and got a beer and some wings or something? No, I would get a soda and wings. And your friends did what? Um, not until I got to Indiana for graduate school did my friends there drink. My friends back home, no one ever had a drink. When are we doing the podcast on you? Because I am fascinated by you. We could do that next week if you'd like. We will do that. And I'm, I'm going to need an hour. Yes. Because Prepare your questions. You're li- I'm not I'm doing that. I'm just oh, okay. going to do what you do. All right. <laughs> so you were born, then what? And then what happened? <laughs> exactly. And, and then, then when did you get to work at FAN? And, and then, then what happened? Ron and Fez, how'd that go? <laughs> well, then what happened? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm looking for- I am looking forward to it because I want to dig deeper into the mind of Al Dukes because I've been working with you for how long now? Every day, six and a half years, and I never knew you went the entire 21st year of your life Without a drink, no especially drinks. the way I see you, you down vodka on weekends. Yeah, now I enjoy a nice vodka. You do enjoy it quite a bit, actually, when, which is fine. When did you have a first alcoholic drink? Ah, uh, boy, I don't remember the first one, but I would say probably at 15. Really? Yeah, maybe 16. 16, I would say, not 15. I would say 16. I'll tell you one thing we did. Was that when you were working at the liquor store or no? No, I started working at the liquor store when I was 18, but when I was 16, I was still working at the gas station, and I was working with a lot of guys that were between 18 and 22. And I don't know if it was the first time, but we had a party. I was six, yeah, I was 16 years old down in uh, Long Branch, as a matter of fact, and I remember drinking. And funny enough, you mentioned the Kool-Aid. We had uh, Blue Hawaiian Punch and Vodka. And I remember thinking, this is awesome. <laughs> There's not even, like, liquor in it. This yeah. is liquor. And then I remember, wow, I've, what happened? And it didn't feel so good. Right. But, yeah, I would say 16 probably. Not a lot, though. Like, I wasn't – I had a buddy of mine that lived down the shore. I'll just leave it that way, in the summer. And he would, at 14, 15 years old, he hung around with older guys. This guy was literally drinking alcohol every weekend all summer at 14, 15, 16, 17. I wasn't like that at all. I had a couple of encounters when I was 18 for sure, especially when we go to college and everything. Not that I stayed out, but a lot of college parties. And that's another thing. How did you get through college – and um, you had to have gone to college parties at No, I, I was a commuter student. So, so I, was I, but there were still parties. Yeah, I did not know, really talk to anybody. You there. never went. I never went to a Kane college well, right, party. Fa- okay, fair enough. I get that. With all your friends from high school, like I had friends at Albright in Pennsylvania, friends at Hobart, friends at Bucknell. You went there for a, a like a weekend. I did. You never did that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, oh, my friends didn't drink, none of us. We all had that same theory of why would we take a drink and alter our minds when we can just have a regular drink. What would you have done in the 60s? I don't know. Wow. That yeah. is really interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, yes. no, I, I had some drinks before I was 21. Oh. Yeah, a few actually. Hmm. So I was more like, who's this kid on the uh, Warriors? Uh, Harrison, Harrison Barnes. Barnes. No, you're more like your nickname, freaking boring. Jerry, uh, earlier today during the show, uh, we saw somebody that we work with. 
and we both wondered how old that person was. And I find myself doing this all the time. And I wish and wonder why it's not socially acceptable for me just to go up to that person, especially women, and say, how old are you? Why is that wrong? I don't know. I, I guess because for a woman, you're insinuating if it's a bad number, you're making her feel older than she looks. Right. I, I don't know. It's weird because I have a lot of friends that are females that don't care. That'll tell you, well, I just turned 40, and I look at me, I'm peppy. Yes. And then there are other ones that won't, they don't want to know. But at most women you. are thrown off by the question. And get insulted by it. I think once, what age, what age is the cutoff, do you think, like when a woman turns 30? 25. Really? 25? Yeah, I do, I do. Really? It yeah, is funny. I think, I think when they're 25 and younger, they're happy to tell you that they're 25 and younger. You right. started in the late 20s, now you're closing in on 30, and all of a sudden I'm not that 20, fun 21-year-old anymore. That is hilarious, following girls on Twitter or Facebook who are, their birthday, they're turning 28, and they're like, I'm getting old twenty at 28, and they're well, thinking that for real. Didn't you think, I'll say this, when I hit 30, I remember saying, holy crap, I'm turning 30. Now, I don't care. I really don't care. I'm 41 now. I don't care. I feel better physically now than I was at 19 and 20, so it's whatever. But I do remember being like, ooh, 30, that's weird. And I, the, the idea now that I'm closer to 50 than 30 is strange. So, I don't know. I could see where a girl, she probably still feels like she's 18. Ha, ha, ha. I'm almost 30. You ain't young anymore, honey. Uh, the, the age of 40 was the one for me where I was like, hmm. 30 See, didn't hit me for some 40 reason. 40 did not. I, here's what I would say about 30. 30, I felt like an adult because I already, I had the house. I had, uh, Matthew was just born. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, I'm married with a child and a house. I'm like, when I first got married, whatever, me and Kim were together forever. We got a, we got a townhouse. Okay. We're still doing our own thing. You still felt like stupid kids. All of a sudden at 30, house, kid, more responsibility. I'm like, wow, I actually feel like an adult at times. At other times, not like right now, I feel as much as a kid as I do an adult, but there's more responsibility. 40 to nothing for me. It's 50 I'm looking towards now. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. 50. Well, it is what it is, man. Right. The other thing I wonder why we can't ask somebody how much money they make. I would love to just well, walk up to people. Well, there are those that don't care. We work with one. Who's that? Eddie. Oh, Eddie will just flat Eddie out tell anybody you who will listen what he makes. Right. <laughs> right. I, which loves, I don't understand. He loves to volunteer that. Correct. But I wish it was just one of those things you'd be like, hey, what do you make? Well, by the way, why is it okay? Here's the one thing I on that notion. Why is it okay that it's like public knowledge that we know what these athletes make and GMs and head coaches, but it's not okay to know what our boss here makes or yeah. what you make or what Boomer makes or right. what Tommy makes? Like, why is it that we... Oh, the Giants today signed so-and-so to a four-year, $47.3 million contract, 33.94 of it guaranteed, and he got a signing bonus of $12.17 million. Yeah. You know, it's like it's so out there. Is it because they make so much they want you to know? You know, we don't own these teams. Not like the Packers, everybody has a stake in the team. Right. I mean, I know we're paying tickets, but so what? It's funny. Every once in a while when we go out and do an appearance or we do a remote broadcast from somewhere... And uh, every once in a while, maybe after a couple of drinks, a listener will say to me, "Hey, what do you what do you make? What do you really? able to make?" Yeah, and that's one of those things where, of course, I, I would never say, but some people think you because if you gave a number out, whatever that number you gave out, 
Some people would think, wow, you're on radio and TV. I thought you would make a lot more than that. Sure. Other people go, you make that much money, you don't do anything. Yes, it's and it's completely it's exactly right. I I've never I've never had anybody ask me how much I make. Oh, I get it all the time. But I have gotten the question for prospective broadcasters. So do you make like no money because it's radio or because you're with Boomer and Carton, do you make a fortune? Right. And my my answer, listen. We're somewhere in between. I'm <laughs> not making a fortune. Right. I promise you that. But we're not making nothing either. It's, it's kind of weird. But I've never had anybody ask me what a number would be. I have an uncle that thinks we all make the same. Like, we make what Boomer makes. <laughs> There's a lot of people that think that. There's a lot of people that believe that what Boomer and Craig make and right. me and Eddie make is all split five ways. That's not true. Yeah, they carry a little more of the four-hour <laughs> show load than we do. Yeah, I mean, it, yes. listen, is what it is. Yes. Huh. Hmm. Getting depressed now. Where we go from here? They don't I do guess... a podcast. We do a podcast. That's true. I mean, we work hard. So tweet us and let us know what you make. <laughs> and how old you are, how females. Old, here's what we're going to need. Ladies. Yeah. All women I follow on Twitter. Tara. Uh, tweet us to ask to tell us how old you are. Callie. I'm trying to think of the girls I know on Twitter now. Then, uh, guys, you tweet us. Tell us what you do for a living, where you live, and how much you make. There you go. And I'm going to put together a... Um, Either, uh, what do you call that, uh, uh, Excel? I'm going to put an Excel chart. Oh, a spreadsheet. A spreadsheet, Jerry. And I'm going to highlight some some items. I'm going to print it out landscape form. Landscape, yeah, yes. Yeah, landscape. You're going to laminate it? Gonna, I'm going to definitely laminate right. it. This is going to be awesome. And I'm going to put it up with tax. How the, many uh, real responses do you get? I'll get a, uh, oh, real ones? Yes. I will say um, right, you get women, will, women will tell us how old they are if they're, I agree. If they're under 30. See, for me, the cutoff age is 34. Okay, fair enough. They're under 34, they'll let you know. 34, you're really yeah. specific. Tara, I believe, is 30. I think I saw... Well, why would you out her like I, No, I, uh, via the social media, I think she's put she's that out there. She's done that. Yeah. Okay. Callie, I don't know how old she is. I'll go 28. Yeah. Every girl that I meet on uh, that watches this show or listens to this show that's on Twitter, they're all 27. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's social media. Oh, right. You know, the older gals probably aren't on it. Although that's not true either, because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why the younger girls like the show. We're stumped, Jerry. We are stumped. We're also done. Oh, right. Uh, are we doing one tomorrow or no? I know we don't usually no, we're do off Friday. on Fridays. I got to go home and go to bed. I'm going to be up very late tonight. Tonight's going to be. And then uh, next week, you and I are going to tape an Al's Boring podcast yes. where you interview me. Yes, that will be Wednesday. Yes. Because I need the all-day parking and I need the extra hour. Right, perfect. We got to do that at noon. And later on today, I'll be taping a, a podcast. I'll be interviewing Chris Carlin That's gonna about be fun. his days uh, producing Mike and the Mad Dog, his days hosting here, his days as the Before Jerry Update guy on Boomer and Carton. Sure. And then how he went to SNY and all that fun I wonder stuff. I don't know how many people remember him doing that because it was it was a year and a half. Well, it was a year. No, it really was a year. See, I, I, I do not recall that at all. I do. He started with you guys. I thought that was two months. September of seven. And I would say he was checked out by September of 8, because I filled in almost, I mean, three days a week from September of 08 until I started full-time in January of 9. I would say a solid year he gave you every day. Did he start at FAN, or he started somewhere else? Yeah. He, did. he was an intern like me at okay, FAN. Okay, good. That'll be my first question. He was the, I would say he was one or two classes, intern classes, before me and Erica. And then what happened? <laughs> and how did that end? Riveting. <laughs> and then what did you do? So we'll look for that. I'll be posting that next week. Very good. Looking forward to it. All right, Jerry. Uh, I'll see you later. All right.
How old are you? What do you make? It's the Boomer and Carton Post Game Show. With the real stars of the show, Al and Jerry. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 